You're listening to Devotions with Pastor Daniel Williams, taken from the Redemption Church YouTube channel. Hey, before we get started, I want to give a big shout out to all you guys watching live on YouTube, especially my wife downstairs right now, same home. We're doing it, babe. We're doing it sharing the gospel. And uh, my name is Pastor Daniel Williams. I do live devotions here on their YouTube channel, Redemption Church, because our mission is to pursue and to proclaim Jesus. We want you to know Jesus, to be able to worship with us, whether that be a live YouTube video through our podcasting platforms, or even on Sunday nights in person, man, we would love to continue to minister the gospel to you and remind you the beautiful truths of Jesus and who he is. And so uh, I'm glad that you're here with us about to study the Bible with uh, me, uh, the things that God is teaching me. And so today what I want to do is I want to give you a helpful framework of reminding you who God is. It's a framework to remind you who God is in your everyday stuff of life uh, where you get distracted and tempted and even forget the beautiful truths of the gospel and who God is. And I think we need these reminders, right? Who is Jesus and what does he say about my life? And when we know these reminders, it helps us to walk out truth against the lies of the enemy. And so there is this framework that I got uh, from just finishing up a book called You Can Change God's Transforming Power for Our Sinful Behavior and Negative Emotions by Tim Chester. So I'll be quoting a lot from him. Um, and I don't actually think that he came up with this idea of this framework that I came up with, but he did an excellent job articulating it. And so this book is all about applying the gospel uh, and the truth of the gospel, the implications of the gospel to our lives, sort of like what we as a church are doing right now, studying through gospel-centered life. Uh, we have community group tonight, and we're going to study about the beautiful aspect of Jesus and who he is and what he's done and how the implications of who he is actually affects our life. There's transformation as we go to God's word. And so Tim Chester says, just as lies about God lead to slavery of sin, so truth about God leads to freedom of service. The truth that sets us free is the gospel. And so I want to be like the apostle Peter who says, hey, you know the truth, but I want to remind you of these things. And I want to remind you of some simple truths, uh, a framework called the four G's that will help you combat lies as you live uh, this world, in this world. Uh, Colossians 1.6 says that the gospel bears forth fruit and should be growing in our lives, and we should renew our minds. Uh, Romans chapter 12, chapter 12, verse uh, 1 and 2, um, talks about how we should renew our minds to be transformed. And so we need people to remind us of this truth. So Tim Chester, he gives this practical framework called the four G's, the four G's. Again, I don't know if he came up with this framework because I've been thinking about this framework and used it uh, back from the Tacoma days in Tacoma, Washington over 10 years ago. I remember this and it's a beautiful truth, but I think it does help you walk in truth and their reminders of who God is because they really help you fight the the common lies that you live. And we'll get into depth of this framework and hopefully it will make sense. But the four G's are this. God is great. God is glorious. God is good. And God is gracious. God is great, glorious, good, and gracious. These are beautiful truths about God that actually, if you apply to your life, 
they'll change your reality and what you think about life. Now, this isn't just a framework. We get these uh, verses all over the Bible about these beautiful truths. But let me just give you one to sort of set up our time through the Bible. It's Psalm 62, verse 11 through 12. It gives us a short and brief summary of these truths. David said, once God has spoken, twice have I heard this, that the power belongs to God and that you, O Lord, belong uh, and that you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love. Now, in this simple short verse, we get these four G's, this beautiful truth. He says that these uh, key truths that declares who God says. God declares who he is and we should go to his word. And he says that he is great and glorious. That's where that verse says the power belongs to God. God is powerful. He's great and he's glorious. Uh, he's mighty. He's incredible. And so he's not only just big and powerful, right? There's a way to him. He has glory about him, but he's also a good and gracious God because that verse says he declares that he is, uh, he is the Lord and to him belongs steadfast love. And so just breaking down steadfast love is, is there's a genuine goodness to God and there's a genuine uh, graciousness to God. He is a grace filled God and he's full of love and truth and grace. And obviously this one verse or these four G's doesn't describe all about God, but in this simple verse, you see these sort of four attributes and now applying these to our lives has uh, practically helped me. And I believe it could help you and your behavior. Uh, Tim Chester again says, speaking of this framework, not many people think of themselves as someone who believes in lies, but every time we don't trust God's word, we're believing something else. And that something is a lie. And so we have to practically apply the truth of who God says he is from his word. In this verse, God declares that he is good, that he's great, that he's glorious, he's gracious. What does that even mean? Well, first off, let's start with God is great. And because God is great, I don't have to be in control. Because God is great, you don't have to be in control. Think about it. When I truly trust that God is great, I don't have to trust in my greatness. I don't have to trust in my controlling everything. God is great. He's sovereign. He has a providential plan and he's going to work out that plan in my life. This is especially helpful for me when I don't see how things will actually work out. When my own efforts aren't that great or fall short, I can trust that God is great. And so I don't have to control things. Usually I tend to get angry or upset when I don't control things. I think that my controlling ability is going to going to provide the solution. But God says that I could trust him for the solution, that he has a great plan. And when I trust in his plan, it actually gives me peace. Ephesians 1.11 says, works, uh, God works all things according to the counsel of his will. Again, God is great. So I need to remind myself of this. You need to remind yourself of this because uh, honestly, there's so many things that we can't control. But because God is great, I don't have to be in control. But he's not only great, he's glorious. There's a way to him. He, he is, he's beautiful. And because God is glorious, I don't have to fear others. Because God is glorious, I don't have to fear others. You know, one common reason that many of us sin is because we actually crave approval of others, right? We're very uh, communal people and we do things sometimes to impress people and we shouldn't be doing it. Or we fear rejection. But we don't want to be put off and we want to be a part of something. Um, but the truth, this truth combine, uh, combats that the 
and reminds me that because God is glorious, he's the most glorious person. I don't have to live for other people's glories or approval. Um, we should live for God and not others. And most people, they fall into this trap of living for others. But Proverbs 29, 25 says, the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. There is great safety and wisdom in fearing God and living for his glory and not the glory of others. I often think about the glory of God when I have to teach a hard biblical truth, maybe an unpopular doctrine uh, that um, I'm a little scared of. I'll be honest with you. There are certain topics I'm like, oh, man, I got to teach about sexual morality again or dying to self or what are people going to think if I talk about tithing or offering or whatever the subject may be. I go back to, but who am I living for? I'm living for God's glory. He's the glorious one. He's the great one. I live for him, not the approval of man. And it helps me to teach that um, doctrine. Now, this is just a, a little example about for me, but what about you? What, what would it look like for you if you lived for God's glory and not man's glory, not the approval of your parents or your friends or, um, you know, even your culture, whatever it may be. But what brings me strength is knowing that as, if I'm living for God's glory, uh, man, it's going to be worth it. It's not going to be a snare. He's going to, he's going to give me security. He's going to give me safety. He's going to be approval. He's going to give me love. And it's God is worthy of our worship. When we value him and bring him forth worth, uh, it's, it's an important thing. Tim Chester said, the answer to the fear of man is the fear of God. We need to have a big view of God. And so God is great. He is glorious. And so because he's great, I don't have to control because he's glorious. I don't have to fear others, but he's also good. Right? There's not just a weight about him and he's just so big and great and grand over there. No, he is a good God. And because he's good, I don't have to look anywhere else. I don't have to look anywhere else. I can go to him. I can get my satisfaction in him. You know, for me, I have an, a fear sometimes of just missing out. Uh, I want to experience an abundant and good life. And I'm sometimes afraid that I'm going to miss out on experience if I don't just keep on doing, 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 or chase after this or chase after that. But I don't have to worry about that with God. I don't have to go to this idol or that idol or this God or that God. I can go to Jesus and find all my satisfaction and my joy and my peace in him because he's, uh, he's amazing. He's, he, he fills my heart with joy and he can fill your heart with joy. And Jesus promises an abundant life. You see, our God is good and he gives an abundant life to those that follow him, that goes that seek him and pursue him. We don't have to pursue all these other things. God is good and the greatest source of joy. That's what Psalm 1611 says. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So why would I have to go to other things? If God is good, I can ask him and he'll give me. He said even, uh, Jesus said, even evil fathers know how to give good gifts to their children. How much more does the heavenly father give to you? But oftentimes we're tempted, right, with sin. We're tempted to go to something else to find satisfaction. Because let's be honest, sin is pleasurable for a moment, but then it disappoints like any other idol. Uh, you know, the big question is, is God really good to obey him? And I just want to answer that for you. Yes. He's worth obeying with your identity, with your sexual identity, with your free time with your work with your life he's good and you could follow him because sin it will always disappoint but as you trust god 
he will always satisfy. So I need to remind myself of this truth daily when temptations come like gossip or or not to be generous or whatever it may be. Tim Chester says, whatever sin offers, God offers more. For God offers us himself. God isn't just good. He's better, better than anything else and the true source of all joy. God is great. God is glorious. God is good. So you don't have to go anywhere else. And finally, God is gracious. God is gracious. We don't have to prove ourselves to know this goodness, to experience this goodness, to enjoy his presence. Only when we grasp God's grace, Tim Chester says, are we free to serve him for his own sake, not for our reward. Our service unto the Lord should be a response of his great love and never for his great love. The Bible says we love because he first loved us. He manifested or showed his love to us while we were yet sinners on the cross. God is gracious. We don't have to be perfect. He loves imperfect people. He loves sinners and came to heal and to save. And the good news of the gospel is, is that we are fully known by God, imperfect people, and yet still fully loved. We don't have to perform and we don't have to pretend to experience God because he gives us salvation and relationship through grace. And many people put on a performance or they put on some type of show or act to have people's approval, to be accepted, to be loved. And God loves us just as we are. We don't have to do this with God. We can truly be ourselves and be loved. We don't have to pretend acting like someone else or even perfect. Matter of fact, we go to God open-handed and say, this is who I am, imperfect, because he already knows our secrets, our motives, and he still loves, and he's gracious, and he gives grace to us. So because God is gracious, we don't have to prove ourselves. We don't have to perform. We need these continual reminders to remain humble and receive his grace. And so those are the four G's. That's what's standing out to me this week as I read that book, give you a couple of quotes, a couple of verses from Psalm. Is this all that has God has to say about himself? Absolutely not. But it's a pretty good start. It's a good framework for you to understand that God is great, that he is glorious, that he is good, and that he is gracious. And so I pray that as you think about those things this week, you ponder those implications of the gospel, man, that it would bring true freedom, true joy and satisfaction in your life. And I pray that these devotional times are a blessing to you and a help. It helps me to process this stuff with you all, to share the gospel and remind myself of these things. And I'm excited tonight to be able to dig deeper into the implications of the gospel, study more of his word in community. And so I want you to be a part of our community, whether it be joining our church on a um, Sunday night, on a community group, or just continually coming to this podcast or live YouTube videos to hear more of God's word. And so I pray that as I teach you the Bible, you are blessed and reminded of who God is and it affects and transforms your life. God bless you guys, and we'll see you on the next video.